0: Allow me to just share the Word of God with you today, and I will be conscious of time. Not a whole lot, but anyway, sounded good anyway. I want to read in the book of Luke, the fourth chapter, and one of the more incredible passages of Scripture, because it encompasses so much. This is what we call Palm Sunday, one week before what is... Uh, recognized as the resurrection and the week of crucifixion is all this week. I'm not going to cover all of that. I just want to cover a part of it. Luke 4 and 17. And there was delivered unto him the prophet of the book of Saius. And when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to preach deliverance to the captives. And I don't know whether it's a subject or just an ideal that I want to talk about today, but I want to talk about redemption. Redemption is the most incredible word there is in all the Bible. It's greater than creation, redemption. Is the greatest thing you will ever encounter in life. Would you just take your hands and put them together and magnify the Lord one great time before I preach the word of the Lord today? Make sure keep my monitors rather hot today. Allow me to tell you that we live in, I think, the greatest nation there is on the face of the earth. Let me try that again. If you have a dollar in your pocket, I'm sorry I don't have one. You have a dollar? My wife didn't give me any money this week. I stand here with this one dollar, and I am richer than 75% of the entire world. something that I could borrow from somebody so quick that it's just a joke, and if I don't give it back to him, he won't be mad. Seventy-five percent of the world would think they were wealthy if they had what I just put in my pocket. One dollar. So you slept in a house last night. You adjusted the temperature. You got up today and you had the right to probably eat breakfast or eat something or at least drink something. You are blessed more than 50% of the world today. We're pretty rich, so allow me to say it again. We do live in one of the greatest nations there is on the face of the earth. Is it all right? No, it's not. Everything's not right. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we look at the wrong so much, we forget how blessed we are. So happens in the church sometimes we can look at so many things that are not where we think they ought to be until we forget how great redemption is in the church of the living God. America, the United States of America, is an incredible Our heritage is unreal. You go to Washington and you stand among the monuments and you look at the White House and you look at our government agency and you look at all the things that we have, and regardless of what you say, you have to just shake your head and say, what a country, what a country. I've done very little traveling abroad. The Ewings uh, traveled, of course, all across the world, and they would tell you of the places they stayed and the places they saw and the places they experienced. That coming home to America is is an incredible experience. I remember coming back one trip and, that I had gone into Russia, and this was the, before there was. Uh, Uh, the break uh, in the Cold War, and they told us when we went in that there was nothing that they could do for us in case we got in trouble. And of course, I ended up in trouble in Moscow, and uh, finally I had to run in the middle of the night to get into an embassy where I could uh, feel like I was saved. When you look at America, there there are some areas and there are some times that we wish we didn't have. And we look back at one of the darkest eras of American history is the history of slavery. It was the darkest hour in the history of this country when human beings were bought and sold as animals are at an auction. It was a time when ships came from foreign countries and they deposited their their and I'm gonna say it the way they used it, they they deposited their hardware or they deposited their material to be sold in slave auctions in the most horrible times that you can imagine. When people lived beaten and lived in chains and lived worse than animals and And none of us can imagine the conditions that really were in those days. My mother told me a story that I never got away from, and she said she never got away from it. My mother was born in the early 1900s when still there was a tremendous amount of strong feeling of slavery in the South. And she said, when I was eight years old, I remember laying in my bed at night And I heard them lynch a black man. She said, I remember the screams. I remember what happened that night when I listened to all of that. that I never got over it in all of my life. The tragedy of slavery. The tragedy of being owned by somebody else. The, 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 The horror. Of knowing that you are not your own, but somebody else owns you. And if you would look back far enough into slavery, the slaves only carried the name of the man who owned them. And so, now I know where I'm going in this, so you just hang with me. And so, the reason that that was done was to destroy. That slave, that he or she was not an individual, but they were a commodity owned by something else or somebody else. It was a sad, sad day in time. And then I remember in 1964, when I was a 22 year old boy, I was preaching a revival in Atlanta, Georgia, and I decided to to venture out. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell uh, the preacher I was. we were preaching for. And I sure didn't tell anybody in the church what I was going to do because the tension in 1964 was very, very it was all explosive. So I decided I read in the newspaper there was going to be a a rally downtown at the state capitol, and I wanted to go hear this certain man that was going to speak. And so I slipped down there. And when I got there, I I was one of the only white individuals there. And the rest of the whites had rifles and they were ringed around. They were on the steps and they could tell they didn't want to be there. And there was hatred and there was malice and and then there was all the, the folks that was in front of this man that was going to speak. And I edged my way through the crowd until I was within probably 25, 30 feet of this man. And he started speaking of freedom. And he talked about the desire for freedom. And that someday he and his people would be free and his children would be allowed to ride the rides at the, the Six Flags the way the white kids did. And I listened to that. And I, I'm i going to tell you, to hear Martin Luther King Jr. speak, it made an impact on me like I've never been impacted in life. And I realize this is a strange introduction to a sermon, but I, I remember his words when he said, I dream of the day that someday all men will be free. And that from the the Catskill Mountains of New York, and from Everhill and Mohill in Mississippi, and Stone Mountain in Georgia, let it be said, we want freedom. And as I stand here today, and there has been such a transition in these years, And now I live in a community, and my neighbor is black that could not have been years ago. And my kids are best friends, and our churches, and thank God that we are uh, where people can come. And thank God we are a country that every man and every woman, every boy and girl can have a right and an opportunity. But let me tell you today. That the Bible said in Psalms, but we were all born in shapen in iniquity and born in sin. When everybody came into this world, he came with a master upon his life. Hallelujah! And when you were born, you were not born free, but you were born a captive. Of sin. You didn't have to sin. But you were born. With the name. stamp on your life. Of your master. And he was the enemy. Of your soul. Oh hear me today. You were not born. I don't care how good. Your kids were. I don't care how good you were. But you were born. With the stamp. Of sin upon your life. You were nobody, and we lived our life under a cruel master, and he brought despair to this world. He treated us as though we were nobody. And he still to this day treats people as if they are nothing. He wrecked homes. He wrecks lives. He destroys marriages. And he destroys individuals. And and the dope. And the despair. And the murder. And the hatred. All comes from this man. Or this, this entity. That we call the enemy. That is the master. Of every person's life. But somewhere. In Isaiah. He picks up. And he starts writing. There's a day coming. There is a hope coming. There is the mastery that someday something will happen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And something kept crying out. There's a day coming. For there shall be born unto you in in the city of David. Someday hope is coming. Someday a lamb is coming. Someday a master is coming that will free you from the power of your other master. Oh, get it. Come on, get it today. I understand uh, probably a little bit more than what some of you do. I was born in an extremely poor family. I was born as the, the son of sharecroppers. We never owned anything. But my family lived with the other slaves. And that's where I came from. My older brother was just a kid put in with other kids taking care of some where mother and dad could just work in the field. But Isaiah said, that master that brought my dad to an alcoholic, that master that brought my mother to suicide more than one time, Isaiah said, get your eyes up, because there's somebody coming after a while. There's hope coming. There's joy coming. There's future coming. For someday. A child's going to be born. Someday. A son's going to be given. And the government. Shall be upon his shoulder. And his name. Shall be called. Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Prince. i like something that Isaiah put at the close of that verse and it said and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end it happened on a hillside one night when angels started singing and they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace and goodwill to all men. Oh, come on. You you, you could just get a little more excited about this today. If you could understand. If you could transport back in your mind. Before you came to God. You were no different than that slave that got off that ship. You were a nobody. Somebody else bought you. Somebody else owned you. Something else controlled you. Until the day John the Baptist looked down the road. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Hope is coming. Freedom is coming. Woo! You got a new master on the way. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. John the Baptist said, you look at him. He's going to take away The sins of the whole world. And everybody got excited. And everybody got to watching this man. Because generations had lived under the master of this cruel one called the enemy of our soul. All men had been born in sin. And their name was stamped that you were not your own, but that somebody else owned you. And I want you to think for a moment with me today, it's easy for you and I to pick up the newspaper or turn on and watch the radio and, and, and see Oh, I know what I said, and, uh, and to see all the despair. Of a man that picks up a gun. And shoots 20 or 30. And then he says. I don't know why I did it. Let me tell you. Today in this church. There is still a master. In the minds of this world. And they are not their own. But they must do. What their owner said. Why is it. That a young man. That has a future ahead of him, that may be married, and has a couple of kids, will strap a bomb on him. Look at his family, and not even say goodbye. And walk into an area, and ignite it, and blow himself to pieces. I read an article recently, and it told me that, that there is a man who can make bombs so well, that when a body blows up, It is strange. The body can be blown to a billion pieces, but the head is never blown up. The head will blow off the body before the body blows up. I don't know how they do it, but but it's time. And the theory is, when they come up with this as the terrorists, that they wanted the head to roll around. So that when the people that survived it looked, they still saw the brain and the head, to remind them there was still somebody out there after to kill them. Every time you and I pick up the paper and hear a story of tragedy, it is the enemy's way to say, I'm still alive in this world. But I've come to this pulpit today to tell you there's something else alive in this world. You don't have to live under His authority. You don't have to dwell under His power. Jesus sat down that day and they handed Him the book and He started reading and He read and He said, Today, this Scripture is fulfilled in your ears that I have come to preach deliverance to what? To the captives. Which simply means that every man, every boy, every girl, every race, every nation was born captive to something else. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I've come that you may be free. And whosoever the Son sets free is free free. You see, it may not mean as much to you and I as it means to somebody else. It may not mean as much to you for the word free today because you weren't, you don't remember being delivered from a whole lot. But may I say something and I hope everybody gets it today. Even if you came into the house of God and you were not a dope addict, that you were not an alcoholic, you were just a Pharisee, and that you needed to be born again. But there's one thing you forget. On the top of your name was the name of a master that owned you. And coming into the church of the living God. Woo! Boy, if this don't make this church want not explode. If you want to know why it's so important. To be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's because when you are baptized. In that name. Your identity changes. Your master changes. Your ownership changes. You are forever. Somebody else has their name stepped in. Hallelujah. Woo! Now come on. You ought to dig a little bit more than you did then. When I tell you, even if you foul up, even if you don't get it right, This is what He said. If you sin, I will not turn you back over unto your former master. I will appeal to the Father. Let me hurry. Then you get into the epistles. And you run across this word, redemption. And you run across it quite a few times. Let me quickly. Quote to you some scriptures with redemption. Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Colossians 1 and 14, in whom we have redemption through His blood. 1 Corinthians, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Revelations 5, Thou hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people, and out of every nation. I said in the beginning, redemption is greater than creation. It's more than a language. It's more than a simple, simple stream. It is a powerful river. Hallelujah, but it's more than that. It's more than a pond. It's an ocean. It's a manifestation of the mercy of God. Redemption. Is the thundering voice of the booming voice of God that says forgiveness. Hallelujah. It's more than the simple whisper of something that says you're okay. It's the thundering voice of God It says you are free and you are mine and I put my name on you. Redeemed. But when I looked into it a little bit more, I was shocked to know that according to the Greek scholars, which I am not, so I read this, didn't dream this up or make this up, but from those who have studied the Greek and the translation, I was shocked to know that you cannot take one word, redemption. And cover the whole story of redemption. Because redemption is used three different ways in the New Testament. Redemption is applied to three different operations. You know, this this gets exciting. One place, the word freedom, means just to go in the marketplace and buy a captive. That's all it means. But then there's another word, redemption or redemptive, that means not go only into the marketplace and buy them, but bring them out of the marketplace. The third slant of redemption is not only buy them in the market, Not only bring them out of the market, but turn them free when they're out of the market. When I tell you redemption today, it means more than just receiving the Holy Ghost. It means God walked into where you were and bought you. He purchased you. He gave Himself. Look around you. And next time anybody don't clap their hands, would you just look over and say, "Clap your hands!" Don't sit there like a nut. Hallelujah! Jesus walked into where you and I were born, bound, and He said, "I'll buy them." Hallelujah! My God, He bought my family that would just sharecroppers. We didn't have anything to offer Him, but He said, "I'll buy anyway." Oh God, this is part of my sermon tonight. God didn't buy me because I'm a preacher today. He bought me because I was a sinner. And that's the only reason. He bought Oh! He buys sinners. He does not buy the righteous. He buys sinners. He purchases sinners. just didn't buy my daddy, John. But he brought him out of where he brought him from. I said, he don't just buy you, but he brings you out. Woo. And My God, let me say it again. If it don't mean anything to you, try to catch it this time when he puts his blood on you when he says you are free your name is different than it ever been before now you have a name and that name is the name of Jesus Christ you were owned by the past you were owned by the enemy of your soul but now you are free Well, I know nobody would raise their hand today. I don't expect you to. But if the truth was known, some of you are jumping down, up and down inside because you look looking around where He found you, where He brought you. He didn't buy you in the church. He bought you in the marketplace. Come on, i got to get you to see that. It wasn't the church where He bought you. He bought you while you were yet a sinner. He bought you there. He bought you when the slave auctioneer says, who will bid this? What? I wish I could apologize to all the families whose past generations ever experienced being sold an auction block. I wish I could apologize. But I can't, but I wish I could. But I can only imagine the horror of watching my two daughters sold like a dog. I can only imagine the horror of a father as he watched his two girls put up there and other men would look at them and say, ah boy, she's she's pretty fine looking there. Well let me let, let me give you ten dollars. Give you 50. Hey, turn around now. honey. I believe you could bear kids. Uh, uh, turn around there. Let me let me let me look at you. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. She, she's a little bit more. No, no, no. I'll give $15 for her. Soul. Humiliated. Bowed down. Broken. There's nothing. Hey, who is she? Uh, that, that, that's just Valinda. What's her name? Well, it's it's the master who owns her. That's her last name. She don't even have a, a last name. She is a nobody. Oh, God, that must have been a horrible thing. And then to slowly say, okay, sold to this man for $15. And then they take her. The slave says, you come on, you live where I tell you to live. You do what I want you to do. You just, you're mine now. Oh, God. God if redemption don't mean anything to you let me just tell you really what was happening you were on the auction block of sin and there was an enemy bidding for your soul come on don't you look down your nose at the man who is the murderer and the liar and the dope addict and the dope pusher and the man who's killing everybody if somebody had to come and outbid the enemy that was after the devil didn't care what you turned out to be. The devil didn't care if you was a liar or a dope addict. But someday somebody walked in and said, I'll outbid. He gave himself a ransom for the sin of all man. He said, I'll buy Redemption. I told the story here and I won't go into long and I got ten minutes. Oh God, when He came into my family. (laughs) Sin had so left my dad so broken. Sin had caused my mother to try to commit suicide. And that's where I was going to be raised. God came. He said, I'll buy this family. I'll buy this family. I'm not here because I'm a great preacher and wear a nice suit draw it and no 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 no. You have to look at where we came from. And the truth of the matter is every one of you came from the same place. You might have a different story, but you still had the same master. I said you had the same master. The master who wanted you destroyed. The master who didn't care what happened to you. The master who wanted to see you in despair. But somebody came along and said, I want to bring them peace that passeth all understanding. I want to give them hope. I want to give them something to dream about. I want to give them something called love. I want to share with them my heart. And oh God, that day He came to where you were. And He wrestled and decided, I'll take them just the way they are. That's what I like about God. You don't have to get righteous for Him to buy you. He'll buy you while you're a sinner. He'll buy you while you're a nothing. He'll buy you when you're bound. He'll love you when you're a nothing. I dare ask, but I will do it. Is there any of you to be honest? I don't know where I would be. Had to come by, I won't even tell my story, I don't even want you to tell my story preacher don't 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 tell don't tell my family dear there, but oh God, where I would have been, but oh look where I am now. Hallelujah. I'm not on an auction block. I'm free. I'm free. I've got a new name. I've got a new spirit. I've been bought out of the marketplace. Hallelujah. I can run the aisles if I want to. I can dance if I want to. I can sing if I want to. I can, oh, I'm free. I'm free. There's one great difference between your past master and your new master is the old master wanted you to die. The new master wants you to live free from sin and bondage and experience redemption. The entire work of salvation The entire work of redemption is delivered in these few words. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, are you ready? I'm trying to close it out. Jesus not only delivers you from the guilt of sin, He delivers you from the penalty of sin. He delivers you from the power of sin. He delivers you from the presence of sin. And He delivers you from the consequences of sin. That's freedom. That's freedom. Freedom, that's freedom. I'm free. Do I have any problems? Yeah, but I'm free. i got to hurry and close. This hit me the other day, Pastor. And I've seen saints struggle with the enemy talking to them and bugging them. And I want to tell them, you don't have to listen to him anymore. He is not your master. That's the reason the Bible said resist him. And he will show him your name. Show him who you are. The devil didn't think you was nothing but just a number. But you got a name now. You got a name that's above every name. That someday every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. To the glory of this name. This is the difference between the two masters. The first master. He will take you and say what can you do for me? The second master says this. Oh. Everyone that thirsteth, Come to the water and drink. He that hath no money. Come by. that's the difference between the two masters the first one will let you starve to death the second one is going to bring you food and water he will become the bread of life to you he will become the water the fountain of living water inside of you I could close today by just simply telling anybody in this building that's never experienced this, forget that I'm, forget that our name is Pentecostal out there. Forget that a moment that I'm standing here screaming, like maybe you're not used to. Tell will have a crowd somewhere. I preach between Joel Osteen and Bishop Jake, so you'll find me somewhere in there, Amen. I'll please everybody. I'll talk, tell a joke, and then scream. So I'll cover it all. Forget the name of the church. It's not really what's going to save you. It's this man called Christ Jesus who gave everything. Just so, you could be not only bought, but you could be brought out of the market. And then you could be set free once you were out of the market. See, here's where devotion and dedication to the cause of God and the church comes in beautiful, Pastor. Jesus buys you. He brings you out. To get you outside and said, Now it's your decision. See, I never find where God takes a whip and makes anybody serve him. That's what your old master did. But your new master does that which is unheard of. When he gets you out of the marketplace, then he said, You're free. You make your decision at this point. Who wouldn't want to choose to worship somebody like that? If redemption has ever touched you, you ought to either have your hands together, you ought to have your hands up, You ought to have your voice lifted. You ought to have some kind of expression. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm redeemed. I'm free. 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 You know why They're, they're crossing the borders to try to get into this country because we have something called freedom. I'm not here to get political and don't fall out with me. Some of our best friends are illegal aliens. I'm sorry, they're they're our neighbors. They're some of our best friends. They're in our church. And I've told my wife, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. If it was me and you and the two girls living in Mexico, I'd be swimming that river. I'd take a chance. Because there's something over here that's called freedom. It's a minister that came to our church and started a Hispanic church in our town. And, and I asked him not long ago, and finally he, he got citizenship. But I asked him, I said, how did you get here? And he said, three times. I made the journey. Three times I swam the river when I was 15 years old and hit out. Finally, I got back and, and, and got my wife and I said, we're, we're, we're going to get out. They have a great church. I just preached the, the paying off of the note recently. It started in our church. And, and I'm going to tell you, friend, the truth of the matter is, and I know we say everybody wants to be in the church, the truth of the matter is if they could be free, there's the key. If they could be free from their master, they would love to have the freedom that you have. Trust, nobody made you clap your hands today. You realize nobody made you say Nobody made you react. Nobody made you do anything. Your past master would tell you where to spend your money. He told you where to go. He told you how to live. Jesus buys you brings you out and number three says you're free that my friend is redemption father I thank you today I thank you for this thing called redemption oh God I if there's anybody here today god that has never experienced this beautiful thing called redemption oh god i hope somebody brings them today and lets them experience this beautiful experience but to all the people who have already been redeemed lest they forget it god would you let something sweep over them in the last Sixty seconds in this service. Somewhere across this building, let there be a shout. Because it says in the New Jerusalem, there would be a a shout and a roar when the redeemed finally gets home. And it would sound like the voice of many waters. God, if we could only realize redemption today, we would rattle this building of how free we are.